2: it's the
1: score north
0: twin show you're constantly doing that one extra sprint
1: that one extra this that one extra that and aaron strength coach and chucky they're just more or less it would be like in april and may It was like this one's for this one's for september this
0: one's for september go do one more do one more for october do one more for october so you're constantly like staying in the moment through all your work throughout the, the whole season and the off season and everything, but also like preparing for where you want to be and how you
2: wanna and things that you need to do to get there. Oh, that's right. All that talk about October. Let's get it. Sonny Gray. Let's go, guy. Where's a sprint for December? Come on, man. Go play Winter Ball, you never know. For the Venezuelan Winter League. Yes. League? Come on, guys. <laughs>
0: November December just keep doing those sprints just run January run, sunny. run
2: the Dominican Winter League yes <laughs> keep running keep running this is the score North twin show where we just want the twins to win a playoff game at some point again Zero and 18 let's be done with this okay let's be done with this and they will have a chance in about two weeks gentlemen what's our magic number has the graphics team I know they were uh, having a good time over the weekend but there it is. is. <sighs> oh six games Six games, so, so it could happen, right? So it could clinch. Well, they're going to clinch at home probably this weekend, right? It could happen Wednesday,
1: as soon as Wednesday.
2: It'd have to be sweep,
1: sweep, sweep, sweep. Yep. And who okay, do the Guardians they, play now? And and on Wednesday they
0: play, I believe, a local time, eleven thirty-five start. So what time do the Guardians play as well? Because then there's a chance that they'll clinch on the plane and or while they're home.
2: Would they wait, though, at home. Would, would they wait? Do they have Thursday off? If it's down Let's to see. one, I don't think you can pop the champagne, can you? No, you wouldn't get on the. No, well, you wouldn't get on the plane, is what I'm saying. If you're waiting for another outcome. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. But the if the guardian,
0: night. but if the Guardians play at six or seven o'clock at night on Wednesday, they probably would it's get an on
2: the plane. Afternoon game, so the Guardians okay. and the Guardians Perfect. play the wait. Royals, so they're probably not going to get swept by the Royals. Yeah, and they just, I mean, hell, they just swept Texas over the weekend, so they're still trying. Yeah. And who uh, I saw the two seed. The
1: Astros start a series against the best team in the American League today. So the Twins are only five games back of the two seed.
2: But they'd have to also climb over Mariners and Rangers, right? Aren't they behind all those teams right now? In fact, all right, let's just, I'm just going to pull up. Let's get to the state of the Twins. This is all part of the, uh, all part of the fanfare here. Where are they at in the standings? Yes, you're correct, Phil. And about which I said a lot of. Yes, a Potentially lot of incorrect things, correct things. There. Houston, Texas about? and
0: Seattle all have a better winning percentage <laughs> than Minnesota. You are correct.
2: I love when We came on here. All right. It's our Monday State of the Twins, and we have no idea like what anyone's record is. Just following football weekend. So um, <laughs> yeah, this is yes. the State of the Twins presented by our friends at Modest Brewing Company, a tap room in the North Loop that is uh, excellent right next to Target Field and the light rail. You can get into a little super deluxe premium lager. For uh, your late summer sipper, Super Deluxe Sea Salt Lime was one of my also go-tos this summer. Fantastic. One of the coolest craft breweries in the Twin Cities. Well, we love being partnered with them here on the Scorner Twin Show. They opened up in 2016. They've been right next to Target Field. You can stop in before a game here down the stretch and stop at ModestBrewing.com to find out more information about what they're up to. So let's start with the overall snapshot, boys. Twins are 79-71. and Seven games ahead of the Cleveland Guardians. The Twins offense is up to 12th in runs scored per game. I believe this is a high water mark since like if you take away the first couple of weeks of the season where things are weird. Mm-hmm. I think this is the highest they've ranked in runs scored per game because they were 20th, 21st, you know Twins run prevention so defense and pitching is fourth in runs allowed per game. Lowest runs allowed per game. So it's a top five pitching staff in defense overall. And it's a borderline top ten offense, but we're going to get. It, it might not be borderline because we're going to get to some second half stats instead of the Twins here. Baseball Reference and Fangraphs both give the Twins a ninety nine point nine percent chance to make the playoffs. And uh, Baseball Reference, let's see here, Fangraphs gives the Twins a three percent chance to win the World Series. Baseball Reference gives the Twins a five percent chance to win. World Series. If the playoffs started today, the three-seed Twins would play the six-seed Texas Rangers in a three-game card series.
0: I love the possibility of playing Texas. That's my team. Like, if, if you're going to play a team, if you're going to play a team not only to end the 18-game debacle, but more importantly, or just as importantly, to possibly advance, Um, you know, Texas is weird. It, now, Before they got swept by the Guardians over the weekend, they had won six consecutive games and had been playing lights out again after playing really poorly. Uh, But give me that bullpen. Give me the potential of that bullpen. So if you've got one team that you can give me as the first-round three game at target field opponent, the Rangers – are my team so there's a good possibility the guardians actually did the twins a favor because texas had uh gone up by at least a game if not more into the second seat of, of the wild card and now they're down to the three again so this is this would be what i i would consider to be breaking perfectly for the twins because i think if they play texas at home that there should be a real expectation that they win that series not just win a game
2: but it's it it has changed that that opponent has changed, I, I think, for five consecutive weeks. Texas is one game up on the Mariners who are on the outside looking in. Texas is a half game behind the Blue Jays for uh that top or I guess, yeah, the the next wild card yes. spot. the second well, yep. well the Rays have the top wild card spot and then uh, and then in the division, yeah, you're right. The Astros are currently. so the, the twins are only five games behind the Astros for that two seed, but they'd have to climb uh, Rangers and Mariners as well. Astros are a game and a half up on the Rangers. Would you guys even, would you guys want the twins to get the two seed? Or would you rather them just keep the train rolling into a three game card series? Like if the goal is to win a playoff game, give me the weak bullpen and the weaker opponent. Right. And just roll it in. If your goal is to win the world series, which eventually we will change from win a playoff game to win the world series, then getting out of the card round would help your odds drastically. Obviously. Ahead,
1: you would want to be in the division series always like there. I don't think I don't think there's a path. If you could wave a magic wand and say, I'd rather uh, get right in the wild card round so you can get the monkey off your bat. No, I, I, you'd want to be in the division series right away. Yeah. Um, And in terms of facing Texas, who, yeah, I think on paper looks like the weakest. And I'm not piling on Judd here necessarily, but I think as Minnesota sports fans, we always do this with playoffs of, oh, God, if, if we don't if we only play this team. We're going to be okay. But if you have to play this team, you know, I'm, I'm going to start to get nervous. So let's like hyper focus on one single year opponent. It's going to be a tough, I think, dogfight regardless in the playoffs. So whether it's Texas, Seattle, Toronto, um, it's going to be a very, very tough, tough road for them to get out of that wild card series. But to be honest, I'm not fearing, I think, anyone in that wild card series because I think the Twins can actually do some damage against any of those three teams.
0: It's so sad, though, that my th- thought process process is actually how do you get one win like like who's the best opponent i i have i no longer think about how do you win that series to get to the division series to get to the alcs i am now in what one yeah. team could you just beat once like that's my <laughs> that's how bottom of the barrel i become here i am envisioning if you get that texas bullpen you can win one game even if you are losing three and if you do, that's a different story. But uh, yeah, my my um, my bar is about an inch off the ground right now.
1: I will say though, well, that bar has gone up significantly. Just a month ago, you were literally complaining of if they yeah. win a playoff game and not to judge standard. Well, it's, not gonna, it's not going to meet you the standard. So now you're saying just it's win true. a playoff game? You're He's all on board. Back.
0: And I told you why they finally got their act together from a front office standpoint and did some of the right things. They, like, they've what, done what, some what of the right they, things. What did
2: the front office do in the last month? The front office had, well,
0: first of all, he came back. So they want, wanted him back the entire time. But, and we talked about this the last two weeks. Royce Lewis changes the entire complexion for me of this team but that's the front Lewis, office. When Royce Lewis can play, but they're not, you know what, they're not doing now. They're not being cute. He's just playing, which he should play. He should play consistently. I feel I feel like they still have a very good chance from uh from a game philosophy standpoint to dare I say PJ flex themselves in a game and screw up a game, but I do think that with with this core that starts with Royce and we knew that the pitching, especially the top end of the rotation, was pretty good. I feel like what we have now is a team that's far more fun to watch, a team that actually feels like they have hope. And that starts, in my opinion, with the guy playing third base.
2: I agree on Royce Lewis, yes. I don't know that I'm ready to – I think the, I think the, maybe the best thing the front office has done is just sort of let this thing – there might be a little bit of a – 2000, 2017 effect where they decided you know what you guys don't deserve a life preserver, so our best move is to either do nothing or to sell some pieces off and led by Brian Dozier they rallied in the second half That's a great they got point pissed they got pissed at the front office moly got pissed you're right I think in both cases the right move was to not trade future assets to help the current team the right move was yes. uh, was all right current team you didn't earn yourselves you know us trading our eighth best prospect for a reliever so and we've got some pitchers coming back toward the end of the year. So if you guys can win some games, we'll see what happens. Uh that was I think that was the right I know there's a lot, there's a lot of fans kind of lamenting, boy it'd be nice to have traded for a reliever. I would have needed to see kind of the price tags cuz at the time the, the Twins just like they were weren't they under 500 right around the trade deadline too in a terrible division. It's like, you know what guys? Just go go figure it out on your own for the next 2 months and that's where some of these young guys have stepped up. Right. Louis Varland is out. Look at that swagger walk off the mound when he blows away hitters now. It's the White Sox. But, um, but there, there is a swag and a mojo that didn't exist at the trade deadline for this team. I don't know that I would fully credit the front office for that. But um, however it got to be the way that it is, is advantageous starting in two weeks in the playoffs.
0: They, de- they definitely now have a feeling, uh, because of the components. And I think you're going to get to this when you start to talk about what they've done offensively. Uh, there is a swagger that's deserved an now because you don't have, um, you, if you look at, you know, how long for an, what an extended period this team would come to the plate with the bases loaded and not score runs. And now guess what? It's Royce with a grand slam. Yep. Like that creates a swagger. Uh, but to get back to your point too, Phil, about the fact that they didn't make trades at the deadline and what I like about that as well is one, yes, this team, this team needed to be told this is, if you guys think that you can make the playoffs, that's cool, but this is on you because we aren't necessarily sold. But the other thing too that they won't say, uh, but if they're gun shy about making trades at the deadline, I know why like like if you look at what this team has done at the deadline with Falvey in charge, it scares me like so you're going to trade more prospects for what Sam Dyson, Sergio, Sergio Romo served a purpose. But my God, if that's your guide that you point to and say, well, we picked him up. That's not great. So, yes, I am far more in favor of moving some starters to the bullpen and sort of allowing this to ride. And. The fact and the one thing I will give them complete credit for, because I sure as hell did not see this is the resurgence of Max Kepler. I will give them because, yeah, I thought that guy was unplayable and I'm pretty sure he was. And when they and w- when they came back and said, ah, you don't understand, Max Kepler's going to be fine. I'm like, you guys are idiots. They deserve credit. They were right. I was wrong about that one.
2: Is it? Uh, it's funny because sometimes if you're just stubborn on everyone, then you're, you know, you're going to be right a couple of times. Max Kepler, had, it wasn't just this year. It was the previous couple of years. It was everything going back. His 2019 season was just an outlier. That was the best Absolutely. year of his career. So they're either stubborn to the core and it worked, or, or they had a come-to-Jesus conversation with him, but they clearly saw something. Hey, we can get back to that 2019 version of Max. Not quite that same player. The ball is different, too. But uh, he go, goes into the playoffs as one of their most dangerous hitters. Uh-huh. So, all right. Here, here's the first category. It's a, it's actually a question, and then we will we'll get to some interesting offensive stats. We'll get to a Charlie Walters, Byron Buxton report, some juicy stuff in the Pioneer Press, and the Twins are on the grid today. That's right, the Twins are on the immaculate grid today. We're gonna win the twins. Let's go. We're gonna And how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Here's what I want to know. Every single Monday when there's a Vikings game on Sundays on Purple Daily, we start the show, a live stream, by the way, um, the day after Vikings games at 9 o'clock on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We start with our hottest Vikings takes. I'm going to put you guys on the spot right now. I want your hottest current twins take. What is your oh, hottest boy? Would have liked twins take i can start to give you guys some time to think yeah, well, about this okay. yeah why don't you start you go ahead and start okay i what thought about got? telling you beforehand but i kind of wanted your i didn't want you to have to like uh well this I wanted has been you, controversial wanted, though we, phil
0: this has been controversial i mean, we, we've gotten takes that aren't hot enough and then we get in, into a big fight about it so it's, it's not, not that hard
2: you guys for like the first five episodes <laughs> last year like weren't even giving opinions for god's sakes but okay so i want your hottest twins take or opinion <laughs> And here's mine. I I've been thinking about this. Yep. I know their record is not what some of the other Twins division winners, like right? even if they run the table, they're only going to be like if they win their last 12 games or something, they they can only win like 91 or 92 games, right? So they're they're not anywhere close to being the 2019 100-win team, whatever. That being said, I think this is the best Twins playoff roster since 1991.
1: Hmm. Huh.
2: Here's why. Okay. I I disagree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure about this.
2: So let's go through some of these years. So 2019 Bomba Squad, it was a mostly one-dimensional home run hitting offense with no starting pitching depth. Yeah. I mean, you literally have – you're running, as we've talked about a million times, Randy Dobnak out at Yankee Stadium. You didn't have – you also didn't have great bullpen depth either. You didn't have like a lights-out dude at the end – of your um, who was the closer into it was like Taylor Rogers. I mean, it was like a closer Uh by committee kind of a situation. It was, it's a couple good guys. They didn't have a draw throwing 102 miles an hour. Right. Okay. Let's keep going backwards here. Like 2019 was the first like legitimate team since 2010. They did sneak in in 2017. Uh, There may have been another one in there too, but 2010, their number one starter was Carl Pavano against the Yankees. Pavano was like a good regular season, sort of 200 innings eater guy as a number three, number four starter. The back end of their bullpen, Matt Capps was the closer. They had Brian Dunsing pitching at Yankee Stadium in 2010, so they had no starting pitching depth. They had no top end starting pitching, and the back end of their bullpen was in shambles. They won 96 games or something, in the 94 games in the regular season, but uh, they also did not have uh, Justin Morneau in 2010 for the second half so he was their their best hitter was out. 2009 Justin Morno was also injured for that stretch run, so again, their best or second best hitter was a non-factor. Let's go back to 2006. That's the team we all think about, right? The what if team in Twins history. Joe Mauer batting title, Justin Morno MVP, Torrey Hunter at his peak, Michael Cuddyer. That lineup was badass. I would definitely take that lineup. But people forget that starting pitching staff in the playoffs. You had Johan Santana at his peak. You had Brad Radke with a frayed labrum just out there, just grinding out, that. throwing 89 miles an hour, literally pitching with a frayed labrum in the playoffs. And then Boof Bonzer was your third starter in a playoff series. Now, you had Joan Nathan and Rincon. You had some guys at the back end. But you went into that series, and I know that lineup was badass, and Joan Nathan, and we all thought they were going to destroy the A's they had no chance with some of that pitching they were running out as starters, in retrospect, if you take a deeper look at that team. Okay, 2003-2004, kind of the same thing. They had Carlos Silva, like the premier pitch-to-contact poster boy in Twins history. Carlos Silva and Kyle Lose were starting playoff games against the Yankees in those years. And then uh, 2002, you had Joe Mays and Rick Reed starting playoff games against both the Angels and and against the Oakland A's. So in, in all of these instances, we like, oh, they got a pretty good lineup. Oh, they got Joe Nathan back here. Okay, who's your number two starter? Are you are you running Brian Dunsing out at Yankee Stadium? They've at least this year, you're going in with a Cy Young candidate, you're going in with Lopez, and you're going in with Joe Ryan, who's one of the best strikeout pitchers in the major leagues as your three starting pitchers, and a closer that throws harder than anyone in baseball. And one of the best hottest lineups since the All Star break.
0: I'll still take 2006. E- even with the pitching problems, that team was good enough to win a, certainly a series. I'll take 2006, but beyond that, I get your point. There are some things in this lineup that I'm still, and, and yes, they, they have since the all-star break, comparatively so, been fantastic. Uh, but I think that that, that lineup as a whole, as a construction blows away this one. So I'll take the fact, cause I, 2006, they still just choked. I mean, that was awful. That was absolutely terrible. Now, if they had gone out in the second or, you know, if, if they had made it past the, the A's, that's a conversation. But that A's team, which is a fine, plucky club, but not to not beat them was really disappointing. I think two thousand six is the one the one place I would stop it probably. Since I would say ninety one, since the comparison is there, I would say ninety one two thousand six, and then I get your point because I do like the top end of the starting rotation now definitely deserves the consideration that at least you're talking about i get that point
1: and in 06 obviously it's a still a what if but if lariano's healthy you have an incredible one two punch in the playoffs but I mean, that's not a, but that's that,
2: not yep, then that's different yep, that's yeah. now they're here are there 100
1: nope. hear you there i think that bullpen in 06 is better than this bullpen i think collectively it's better than this bullpen i think this lineup in 06 the lineup in 06 is better than this lineup Really, the only difference maker here is you have a much solid one, two, three option in your starting rotation. That's the only thing I think that this team beats the O six team at by far. Like it's pretty clear. Um, that'd be the only one for me that I think that I would also fight you on. But it's it's up there because this this is the first time they have legitimate starting pitching going into a playoff series.
2: So here's an, uh, and I, I had to do the homework on this because I I put that 2006 team on such a pedestal. It's the most fun team that I remember watching. The piranhas mixed with these. You know, these great power hitters and Justin Morneau and Tori Honor. But uh, that team three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven that team was 13th in runs per game offensively in 2006. 13th. So we think all oh, the offense, right? This team is currently 12th and and one of the best offenses since the All Star break. So I'm not going to continue this fight because it's an opinion. It's my hottest twin stake, but. If you start to peel back the layers of some of these other Twins teams and look at how this team is set up going into the playoffs.
0: Just saying. Just
2: saying. All right, here, here's mine.
0: I believe this would, if it pleases the uh, jury, qualify as a
1: hottest take. You're really questioning yourself on your hot takes. No, just I just think it's funny. Your hot just to, yeah, just like, just deliver
0: your Why are you you just do you qualify? It, I, just fu- I just think it's funny. I
1: just think it's funny. That's What's all I'm funny? saying. funny?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's a, more like a It's mechanism. a funny debate. Yeah. It's funny, I, I feel not like Kobe you're Mac. just
0: insecure yeah. about your hot takes. Oh no, I'm actually not. I'm actually not. The twins should right now announce and shut down Byron Buxton so he's not an option for the playoffs. And this includes mm. if they think he can play, they they shouldn't play him. They are how how can I put this? Because again, I like Buxton and I think he works very hard, and I will I, I will say that because there's always going to be a certain faction who's like, yeah, so right. Buxton's lazy. He just got his money and doesn't care. I do not believe that's no. the case at, at all, but I also believe the twins are a better team when their mind is free of Buxton's availability if that makes sense. I think the Twins play a better brand of baseball without the fact that, and and this is from the front office to the manager's office, the players on down. When Byron is there, there's this need to play him. We've got a DH. He's got to play. He's available. What can he bring? And the reality is the man is dealing with a chronic knee problem that could end his career Uh, but the reality is this we've also now seen a large sample size of baseball without him available and I'm convinced that this team plays a looser freer style and I'm going to give you a little bit of a hockey thing here too when Byron Buxton plays this sort of reverts to and this is more of a mental statement than it is an actual playing statement but it sort of reverts to well it's Buck's team I mean Buck's you know Buck is our guy Buck is been here a long time. When Buxton's not there, because I think Correa's done a pretty good job of going into the, the background. I think the the feeling from the fans to the players is this is Royce Lewis's team. It feels like like his team, yeah. and he br- he brings a magic potion or a a intangible that I can't describe, but I can see it, I can feel it. And if Buxton comes back, it's going to go back to a confusion of, well, when's he going to play? How much do we have to play him? What can he bring? Because he used to be the fastest man in baseball, which clearly he's not now. So I would shut him down and say it's very unfortunate. But I would remove the temptation that, oh, my God, you know what? We can sneak him into a playoff game. There's no need now. This team is a better
2: team with its mind free of Byron Buxton. Wow, I mean, I think I think I agree with you. I think I agree. It there there it, it is tantalizing if you can just get him back to a certain point, and if you can send him out there as a designated hitter, and boom, he can hit a ball 485 feet with a couple runners on base. But have we really? We've we've barely seen any of that. The seat. I know he has like 19 home runs, you know, scattered throughout the first half. But right. this is the the least productive version of Byron Buxton we've seen in a handful of years. Like even like I'm just talking about the guy when he's out there healthy. He's not the same as he was a year ago, two years ago. And there is something if you show up at the ballpark at noon or one o'clock, you're Rocco, you're showing up. It's a night game. It's noon or one o'clock. Whatever time he shows up 11 a.m. I don't know. And your first thought when Buxton is near returning or when he's on the 26 man roster is all right. I got to, before we do anything else, before we set a lineup, before we we figure out what we're doing we we got to check on buxton how does his knee feel today right and that ad, i'm sure that adds up when everything that you're trying to build lineups and strategies and stuff you got to do first things first you got to check on buxton how's that knee feeling today you're going okay he's going to go loosen it up get a little bit warm we'll see can we put him in the lineup can we not you know being free from that i think being free from the best version of buxton as a hitter is not helping your baseball team but if you can just yeah you've got enough offense he hasn't really played in the second half and You've been fine offensively, so exactly. Define it defines roles, yeah. Okay,
0: and 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 we we actually talked about this before he uh, started to miss time again. The other thing is it frees up the DH, which I which I like. And I don't think that you should just have and- exactly. It it's now now it's not a well Julian can't play. It's no he can play, and I would rather have I would rather have certain bats. Because Byron has, uh, when when healthy now becomes such a hit and miss guy, like he either strikes out or he hits a he he's what I think we thought Gallo was going to, to be. And of course, Joey just became a complete mess. But if you think about it, this allows you, I think, to be far more creative in your lineup construction than if Byron Buxton is, uh, oh, my God, we have to play him. He can't play center. Thus, he is just going to DH.
2: Well, and if you want to simplify it even further, you've got four chairs in the musical chairs game here. You've got four chairs for five players. You've got between second, short, third, and DH. Those are four chairs. And you've got Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, Eddie Julian, and Byron Buxton. Would you put Buxton, in terms of hey, priority, you got to get this guy into a game, would you put Buxton over any of those guys? Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, the glove at shortstop. Yeah, no. Jorge no Polanco way. and Ed Julian. No, no chance. Not right Zero now. No chance. Un- unfortunately, no. Because no yeah, if you put Buxton at DH, where's are you going to put Julian at first base in a playoff game? Right. But but then you're taking maybe Kirloff out, yeah. or you're taking somebody else. That's
0: out. the problem. Know, exactly
2: unfortunate
1: okay all right my hottest take i'll give you this one it's it's a little similar to, to phil's but i'm gonna tweak it a little bit uh this is the best player development the twins have made accomplished in 20 plus years their player like development collectively. Here, collectively the current core of this team this is the best that they have made in player development in 20 plus years with royce lewis edward julian alex kirloff matt walner Um, They have developed these guys, and it's very reminiscent, in my opinion, of those early 2000s teams that came up with the Kotskys, with the Kadires, with the Torrey Hunters, the Jock Jones. They were able to collectively build up that farm system, right? I mean, for years, people have always talked about how great the Twins farm system is. And there's been times, too, where they just haven't developed these players. These players haven't developed for them. But you're seeing it before your eyes right now that they have four guys here in their lineup that are absolute studs, that are homegrown superstars, and you have a little bit more on the way to this is the best they have done in player development in 20 plus years. That is my hottest day.
2: And it kind of crept up a little bit too, because for a while we we had our eye on the ball of that 2019 core, which is a group that now technically this front office didn't acquire and start the development process of those players like the Kepler, Buxton, um, Miguel Sano. There's some other guys in that group. But well, we kept looking at Kepler and Snow, like God, these guys are in their prime. How are they not good anymore? It's so weird. And then this season, especially in the second half, you've seen this group blossom. So yeah, it's there was a lost era of young players in the early days of Target Field, the Valencia, the fun bunch, the Valencia, Luke Hughes, Pluffy had a couple of decent seasons, but there Swarzak was a second round pick, I want to say that never, you know, fully clicked. And so they had this this dark era of, of young players. Um, but I, yeah, that's for sure 15 years, for sure 15 years, yeah.
0: And the, the weird thing is that when Felby got the job, we all thought that it would be the reverse of what it currently is, which we all thought there's going to be all this pitching, right? Like he's going to draft pitching, he knows pitching, and, and that if there'd be a question mark, it would probably be the development of the bats. Yeah. So it So it's weird that they have basically – Flip that on its head, and what it's been is the development of the bats has been really, really good, and the development of pitching caused them to have to go, you know, make trades for Gray, Lopez, and so it's just the reverse of what I think we expected, which was a lot of good young arms would be coming up through the system. That nece- that hasn't necessarily been the case, but yeah, as far as as far as the bats go, and if Royce Lewis can stay healthy, he changes everything, I think, too. Like that creates a perception yeah. that's not inaccurate, but his his presence just changes the his presence is what I think we all thought Buxton would, would be, and in some ways Byron's just not that guy. But when you get a
2: guy who could be your captain, that's enormous. Four grannies, man! Four grand slams in the last what six weeks? Four weeks? And he's, six weeks? And, and he's
0: got that weird pocket thing, man. He's also got that weird Kirby thing. I can't describe it. But like everything to him looks like fun. It's because it is fun. It oh, is, it's great! Uh, he's
2: having fun playing. It's awesome. The ball. On the Buxton front, real quick. So Charlie Walters, who's been a long-time uh, notebook insider columnist at the Pioneer Press, and he used to be in the Twins farm system, right? Like 50, sixty years ago, signed out of a developmental camp or uh, sci-
0: signed out of the Twins tryouts in the
2: late sixties. Yeah. So Charlie's always had. Uh, little birdies around town in the a lot of them. Minnesota sports organizations. And he says the twins have a disability policy on Buxton's guaranteed 100 million, seven year contract. That's in its second season. The fear for Buxton, who is 29 years old is arthritis in his right knee. So right. is that just an insurance policy? Is that what he's talking about?
0: I think so. But that was my question was like, if he has to retire, are, are the twins absolutely screwed? Because Byron's, if Byron retires, I think the question becomes how, how much does he get and then of what he gets, how much do the twins actually have to pay or or how much will insurance pay? The insurance policy has to be huge, though,
2: right? Is it likely Buxton also has an insurance policy out on himself at some point? Like a Lloyd's of London type of deal? Doesn't that happen sometimes? That's a good, good question. No.
0: Yeah, I think – I. The, Does it happen with pros or does the team always take it? I know college. Mm. I know guys that are aspiring to play professional sports who are like seniors in college or juniors in college will take out big insurance policies. I don't know if pro athletes take out the policy Mm. or if the team does it because the premium on that has to be. I mean, yeah. When you go to an insurance company and you're like, hey, we're going to sign Byron Bucks to do a seven-year, $100 million contract, but we'd like to get some insurance, they probably say, yeah, after doing the um, background work, yeah, that insurance yeah. policy
2: is going to cost you a lot. So it does, I think – I guess what this tells you is if he can't go anymore or – if if you have to now you have to prove that it's injury which shouldn't be that hard to prove right. that has rendered him unable to uh, be part of a 26-man roster that they could then take some of that money and spend it elsewhere mm-hmm. so uh one more category before the twins are on the grid here twins offense since the all-star break this is where they rank collectively as an offense since the all-star break in runs they're 6th in runs per game second at the second in the American League by the way it's pretty good um, on-base percentage, fourth, slugging percentage, fourth, home runs, third, weighted on-base average, which is like OPS, but it properly weighs on-base and slugging, fourth, and hard hit rate, they're fourth. So by basically every measurement, this offense is a top three to five unit in all of Major League Baseball since the break.
0: Now, here's my question, too, because I, I think when... When we think think about the eighteen game playoff losing streak for the Twins, and especially of late, we think about the pitching because the pitching has not been great. The starting staff, Dobnik, you know, just lots of things. The bullpen. But the reality is, if you look at the recent Twins uh, playoff losses, a lot of it is the bats go quiet. Yep. So that's my question. My question is, can what you just said? Phil statistically can you translate that to a playoff game because what we don't focus on enough is if you look at the playoff losses of late your problem is your offense so can you get can these guys go out there and actually produce because the pitching the starting pitching should right like your first two two guys I've got faith that Lopez and Gray, if nothing else, can bulldog their their way to a decent start. You know, six innings, three runs. It might not be phenomenal, but I think it'll be I think it'll be very competent. Can the bats do what the bats haven't done, including in 2019, which was a major shocker? Can they actually generate enough runs?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, that's why I had the hot take that I had off the top of the show. This is part of it is. This offense going into the playoffs, I don't know how many other Twins offenses have been this. I mean, the 06 team, I think, started really slow offensively. If you were to just look at the second half statistics, they were probably higher than the 12th ranking for the season. But that's the same thing with this team. I mean, do we. It is the Twins and it is the playoffs. So could they get blanked in a game? Of course they could. But um, right. there's just. They've got some on base guys. They've got Royce Lewis. I just. Uh, playoff Carlos Correa is a thing. Going back to his Astro days. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. And
0: Royce doesn't seem to. I, I would be shocked if Royce is bothered by the playoff atmosphere. Oh, I bet he loves it. I don't he think he shrinks it. one bit. In fact, I think he thrives.
2: Yep. He seems. He's got that G uh, I was going to say job, he's got right? the Jeter
0: component, doesn't he? I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that. Yep. He's got that bring it on component, which I think a lot of twins teams uh, post pocket have not had that guy in the playoffs. Which maybe, is I like the pressure.
2: Maybe we should uh, maybe we should all go to Burger Press in Edina to celebrate when Royce Lewis hits a three-run game-winning home run in the first wild card game to break the streak. Burger Press in Edina is an independently owned and operated homegrown burger and food place that you guys are going to love. Just off 494 and France Avenue, these guys are Minnesota sports fans. The food is unbelievable. We've had a couple uh, Scornorth lunches there. Uh, I'm going out there again in a week or two. I want to say. To check out the uh, the shawarma, which is also fantastic. So amazing burgers, Nathan's hot dogs, wings, chicken falafel, milkshakes, just incredible, incredible food. And uh, we've already seen a bunch of you guys go out, listeners, and support Burger Press and Edina just off 494 and France Avenue. Uh, also, a shout-out to our friends over at Power Lodge and Miller Marine, gentlemen. So as lake season throttles down, trust the world's largest Bennington dealer, Miller Marine and Power Lodge, to protect your passion. Power Lodge and Miller Marines, uh, they've got uh, winterization specials right now. So free storage with the purchase of a new boat. Get double the value if that new boat is. Is a luxurious Bennington with unbeatable employee pricing stacked on top of rebates. That's right, Judd. Your chair should be on a rebate with how squeaky it is.
0: As this squeaky front. again, I'd like to apologize, but that bolt looks WD-40. fantastic.
2: Forty to go along with your Bennington. <laughs> that looks absolutely and and then guess what? You
0: spend the entire winter with the promise of throttle fit therapy. That's how you're going to spend. I mean, imagine just think thinking about that. On a cold day Which is a beautiful spring day You're Bennington out there This is a promise of a great 2024 for you
2: Pontoon Passion starts at Miller Marine and Power Lodge uh, It's millermarine.com and PowerLodge.com. All right boys The twins are on the grid here The twins are on the grid Sound the twins around the grid alarm I love it when the twins are on the grid We all do Let's see what we got here We're going to put Ooh. eight minutes on the clock Just to give us some framework here Interesting. Okay, so I'll let you know what the grid looks like. Then we're going to give Judd ten seconds to complain about it because he likes to complain about the grid, even though he loves the grid. Uh, we're am, looking, man. we're looking for a twin who was a tiger, a twin who won twenty games in a season, and a twin who was a Cy Young Award winner. We're looking for a Blue Jay who was a tiger, a Blue Jay who won twenty games, and a Blue Jay who won the Cy. And then we're looking for an Oriole who was a Tiger, an Oriole who won twenty, and an Oriole who won a Cy Young award. Nine for nine makes us immaculate. We'll see how far we. Get. It's tough to get with the with like the Cy Youngs and the yeah, twenty winners. So it's tough to go.
0: I've got one for the Cy Young though for the oh. Twins. It's What's, going to be uh, off off the gr- it's going to be off the grid. It's so uh, Jim Perry Gaylord's brother won a Cy Young you circa nineteen seventy for the Twins.
2: Mm-hmm. Jim Perry. 5%. 5%. Oh, 5%. Guessing the percentages is another game <laughs> here, too. Just as fun. So, I mean, Johan 120. Radke. Radke Jerry, 120. Yep. Jerry Kuzman there's a 120 lot. and 79. Yeah
1: I, think, yeah, I feel like there's probably a lot in the 60s and 70s when, when oh, pitchers God, were yeah. going Past forever. 20. You know, Radke might even be a little yep. higher because he was in the last 20 count? years.
2: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the only 20-game winners in the last 30 years are Radke and Johan, right? Probably. Yeah, K- Kuzman, I know for sure.
0: I, I'm i guessing you're right on Pasquale. I don't know that for sure. let Kuzman. I, was, I remember Kuzman's watching. Kuzman's going to be
2: a lower score than Radke, right? In K-O- K-O-O-Z, right?
0: No, K-O-O-S-M-A-N. Oh, there S- he is. He's the second guy right there.
2: Kuz. Point six. 0.6% get it. Uh, Helps to have sports dad hit hey, on Del- a donut, huh? Delman, Gladden, there's a lot of Twins Actually, Tigers. Uh, I was going to say Jones. Adam Everett. Adam Everett. That's Opening day Todd Jones, Adam Everett. That's, Between yeah. Adam Everett and Todd Jones, who's lower?
0: Adam Everett probably, right? Wouldn't you guess It's Adam Everett? Adam Everett's going to be it. I mean, Pretty it's got to be super low. I'll Point, say below 2%. 0.2%. 0.2%.
2: That's Let's awesome. Go, dude. Let's
1: go. Right what there. a stiff. But in, That's a great one. <laughs> what,
2: a <stiff. laughs>
1: what a stiff. It's good. Uh, Delman would work for birds and tigers
2: still. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. So hold on a second. Um, well, Jack Morris would work there too. Oh, that's probably going to be high. Jack one. Morris worked for. Tigers wait, Delman? And wait. I'm, talking, Jeff, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking birds. birds and tigers. Birds
0: Yes. Yeah, we had some confusion there. Yes. Yes. Delman works in the bottom one.
2: And then... You said, oh, you said birds. Birds, yeah. The Orioles. Birds. The
1: birds.
2: What's going on with this show right birds. now? Well, the Blue Jays are also a bird. Yeah, That's but no one calls confused. them the birds. Everyone calls the Orioles the birds. Yeah, I yeah I, in Canada.
0: I, I got to side with that, with the, actually. I've never heard them called yeah, the birds I've, I've before.
2: never heard that. So wait, so the Cardinals are birds? The Orioles are Yeah, but are birds. nobody... But, but the Blue the Jays are not called the...
0: No, but the... But the Cardinals aren't called the Birds. Yeah. The Orioles are called the Birds. People
2: call the Cardinals the Birds, the Red Birds, not yeah. the Birds, not the Birds, the Red Bird. <laughs> this is phenomenal. Oh, holy cow! What's I, feel like t- I feel like we could have gotten better than ten percent there, but you guys jumped. Wow, but that's fine. That's fine. You spent oh wow six minutes. We're, we're on fingers. Today. This is the Twin um, clubhouse Clubhouse. A few years ago, who's a former well, Josh Josh Jack Morris and Josh? Yeah, Josh. Wait. Oh, uh, what? Oh, you're saying Josh Allen's twin's clubhouse? I got. Yeah,
0: got I'm. That. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say the, the name of a baseball player and throw us all off. Uh, Jack Morris would work, but Jack Morris is going to be high. Yeah. Um, Detroit and Toronto. Jesse Barfield didn't play for that, for Detroit.
1: Oh, 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 Lariano. Lariano. Francisco Lariano. He, Why bowled, he he was a reliever with the Blue Jays during the run oh, in twenty fifteen. And I believe he finished his career at the Tigers. Oh really? I remember I don't remember him as a Tiger. He ended
2: things okay, as a I'm,
1: Tiger.
2: All right, we're gonna, Okay. We're trust, okay, I'll, I trust, trust you. Here. Let's go I mean that's
0: it. gonna be it's gonna be rare, well, so
2: Point eight. Frankie, point 0.8. Nice. nice. Way oh, to follow that. Maybe Way could to follow his lower. career
0: right into the grave, Declan. Um,
2: okay, for 20-game Blue Jays winners, did Dave Steeb... Dave, Jimmy... So, uh, Jimmy... Uh, um, Jimmy Key,
1: Dave Steeb. Who was Key. the slappy on the Roy Twins Halliday. in 2020? Uh, the Knuckleballer? J, no, J.A. Happ had an absurd season Can with these guys. Yes. An absurd a big season. one-off season. Ra Dickey. Ooh, did he get to twenty?
0: I don't remember them being a twenty. Steve's oh. my contribution because I think Steve I got to it. twenty because I mean, right. that's back in the day. But Steve, if Jay, yeah.
2: older pitchers are more likely. Yes. Sure. But Steve if Steve and Jimmy Key were like
0: big time. But if Jay hap got to twenty, that's a great one. I just don't. I
2: didn't know he got twenty. He did. He Jay hap has had a couple big seasons. I I couldn't tell you the win totals couldn't tell you the win totals. So, uh I'm 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 a non-contribution on Jay Happier. So yeah. it's, it's up to Declan's confidence. I think or, Dave or Stee we go Dave Stieb, uh Jimmy Key, which I know, I'm not 100% confident on those guys either, but I'm
0: more confident on Steve than Key, but that is from the that's from the old Bobby Cox days in did Toronto
2: Pat, where Did Pat Hentgen ever win 20. Oh, I love Pat Henkin. That might have been an. Uh, wasn't he an Oriole too? Oh, wait, I guess. Yeah. Those teams don't. I think I had them. him on
0: my rotisserie league team when he was an Oriole.
2: Patty Henkin. All right, let's just go with one we're comfortable with. I would say go with Steve or J-Hap. Fingers crossed. And. Womp womp. Ma ma All right, Jhap. Uh, son of a. There it is, five percent.
0: I was fine with J-Heb. J, I Never just didn't remember it. I just didn't remember it.
2: I mean, I, I knew we him. had a good year, but wouldn't have wouldn't have known the twenty wins. I trusted. I trusted him there. I mean, he, mm.
0: Francisco pitching for the Tigers and Blue Jays is a prime example. Twenty win season for the O's. I mean, Jim Palmer, my guy, right? Well, we
2: might as well. <laughs> Great underwear ads back in the day too. Oh god, yeah. We, uh, good did,
1: look. Didn't we question ourselves on Steve Stone with like this a week ago, and he did win when we looked it up afterwards. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, Steve we, Stone. In, in fact, in fact, we've used Steve Stone for this.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's use him like, again. That's like, because it it's it's over for us, and we got to go. We got Alex Boone waiting. Nineteen eighty. All right. Oh, son of a son of a gun. That's uh, that's our fault. Well, nice nice job, guys. What's the uh, Roy Halliday for the Blue Jays signing? And Halliday for the 21 season. But those people aren't going for immaculate scores. Jonathan Any, Scope, anyone wow. can throw those. Uh, Jonathan
0: pieces. Scope's the number one answer.
2: It's recent. He's the most recent, fairly high-profile guy. Great arm for second baseman, too, by the way. Mm. Just a uh, howitzer. Well, we lost today. We were not immaculate, uh, even with the Twins on the grid. But we'll shout out our friends at Nutrisource. You know, my you know, actually um They're immaculate. I'm, I'm going on a work trip here for a couple days, so I sent I sent Maya Mackie to Doggy Daycare today with a couple little bags of her new, Nutrisource travels well. It travels well to the doggy daycare. I don't want her just eating random ass food. That's the official dog food of Score North yeah, and Purple Daily. I'm I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna just leave her up to you, know, you just feed her whatever you want. No, she eats Nutrisource chicken and rice.
0: Stella is the exact uh, same way, and there she is with her training rewards treats because when she goes outside and she comes inside, it's not an option. It's not an option what she's going to get. She's going to get Nutrisource, and I would imagine that the Vinster feels the same way, Declan.
1: Yes, he does. He'll just grab that work badge, somehow clip it on his own, you know, collar there without his disposable thumbs, and he just uh, just, just does it. His disposable thumbs don't exist on a dog, but he somehow puts them on his collar. Don't know why he does it, so I have to give him a treat because it's just that impressive.
2: NutriSourcePetFoods.com dot com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. NutriSourcePetFoods.com. dot com. No winterization needed at NutriSourcePetFoods.com. dot com. All right, boys, let's uh, say goodbye on the Scornar Twin Show here, and uh, we will be over on Purple Daily also today with a film breakdown with our guy Alex Boone in the trenches. See you.